Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Roy. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Friday Night Fireside Chats is a time to slow down, unwind, and reflect at the end of what might be a busy work week. With the pace of the modern world being such um, such of a busy nature, always going, 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 Friday Night Fireside Chats is a way to um, counteract that, to kind of pause, slow down. And the topics of this podcast are typically focused on self-inquiry and self-understanding. And for tonight's topic, I'll be sharing the story of the Chinese farmer. Now, I first learned about this story listening to Alan Watts tell it. Uh, Some of you might be familiar with who Alan Watts is, but if you're not, believe he is a English um, Zen Buddhist, or at least he studied Zen Buddhism. And um, you can find many of his talks on YouTube. He typically talks about kind of similar topics focused on self-inquiry and self-understanding. And from a very Zen Buddhist kind of mindset or philosophy. Now, the story of the Chinese farmer uh, is one in which I will let Alan Watts himself tell it. And so I will go ahead and play that recording for you right now. Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer who uh, lost a horse, ran away. And all the neighbors came around that evening and said, that's too bad. And he said, maybe. The next day, the horse came back and brought seven wild horses with it. And all the neighbors came around and said, why, that's great, isn't it? And he said, maybe. The next day, his son was attempting to tame one of these horses and was riding it and was thrown and broke his leg. And all the neighbors came around in the evening and said, well, that's too bad, isn't it? And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day, the conscription officers came around looking for people for the army, and they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. And all the neighbors came around that evening and said, isn't that wonderful? And he said, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity and it is really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad. Because you never know what will be the consequences of a misfortune. Or you never know what will be the consequences of good fortune. So there is the story of the Chinese farmer. And I got to say, it's one of my favorite stories. And there's something about, I guess, the way that Alan Watts, the way he tells that story too, that 
kind of further accentuates the the wisdom and the humor in that story. And so I share this story right now because kind of similar with all the previous podcasts, uh, we're in the year 2020. And this podcast itself was also inspired out of the pressure cooker of 2020. Because as I had mentioned either in my first or second episode of this podcast, this was born out of 2020 and all the pressure within this year. And so I think this story is very fitting because it has me and I hope to invite you to consider as well the many perspectives one can take of intensity, of pain, of difficulty. Because to say the year 2020 has involved pain and difficulty would likely be an understatement for many people. And yet there is an opportunity there. For example, this podcast as an example. Um, If there were not this intense pressure and difficulty, likely this podcast would not exist. Or if it did, it likely would come at a much later time. And so there's, there's something to be said about having an attitude of that Chinese farmer of maybe. And I wouldn't say that means a person never feels anything. That's a very different thing. There's a difference between a frame of mind and perspective versus emotion and what emotions a person feels. And so in the case of that Chinese farmer, there's probably a good chance that when his horse ran away, that there might have been some sadness, some frustration. We don't know, right? Because it's, it's not told in the story. But just because that it's not mentioned doesn't mean that the Chinese farmer did or did not experience emotion. There's a good chance that, you know, he probably did. And yet he still holds a certain perspective and frame of mind, which was maybe, maybe this is bad. Maybe this is good. It could, it could be either way. And how this connects to how life unfolds, I think is the classic example of the self-fulfilling prophecy. Now the self-fulfilling prophecy is where a person either says out loud or just rehearses in their mind that something is, is going to be a certain way. 
without a shadow of a doubt, it must be that way. Uh, thinking of, you know, some clients that I've worked with in my practice, some have shared that they have a certain perspective of, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be like this. I, I'm never going to get that thing. Or, you know, this, this month is going to suck. I know it and I've accepted it. And when a person rehearses that in their mind so often, you know, it, it becomes a mantra. When we talk about mantras and uh, mantras, I believe is the actual pronunciation. But there's a lot of talk of mantras in yoga. And I think it's worth noting that we're rehearsing our own mantras all the time. It's our self-dialogue, which may be below the surface of our conscious awareness. Uh, or if we're lucky and have done the hard work, it is within our conscious awareness of what that internal dialogue is. But if a person is constantly rehearsing a dialogue of negativity, you know, oh, this, this will never happen for me. It's always going to be like this. This month is going to suck. I'm always going to, you know, be unfortunate. They will very much create that reality for themselves because they're constantly rehearsing it. And so even if there is a positive event in their life, there's a good chance that they won't trust it. They might doubt it as a fluke, or they will even interpret that positive event from a negative outlook. And so there's, there's a lot of wisdom in the Chinese farmer's frame of mind his attitude and center because by saying maybe maybe this is bad maybe this is good he creates a reality that is open to possibility possibility that something could be good possibility that something could be bad and yet even then because he has that frame of mind of maybe, then life no longer becomes a series of good or bad experiences. Life simply is. Life happens. And so he creates that reality of he can choose how he engages with life events. And there's, there's just something very powerful about that. And part of that is also embedded in the practice of meditation, or at least my own personal understanding of meditation, which is that you're, you're becoming the observer. You're in the observer stance. So any thought, any feeling, physical sensation, is all under the umbrella of your awareness. 
and by being the observer, you yourself are larger than the experience because you are the one who is observing the feeling or the sensation. And then you can choose how you want to engage that. You could let it go. You could hold on to it. Either way, it is under the power of your awareness. And so it is not, it is no longer something that happens to you in a way in which you are powerless to it. But in fact, you, you are the power of the person consciousness that is experiencing it and you know, I'm, I'm aware that might sound a little uh, I guess out there or just a little bit too you know, abstract but from personal experience it it really is a profound difference in how I experience my life versus before like before very much feeling life was happening to me in a very negative way just like I believe there was even a certain point in my life where I, I had told a friend I'm like you know my I'm cursed you know, I'm cursed because X, Y, and Z. That wasn't going well for me. And it very much was an experience where my emotions, my thoughts were at the mercy of life events. Whereas now, even if I experience those same thoughts or emotions, let's say the negative ones, I am able to observe and witness those emotions and thoughts from a place of non-attachment, from a place of maybe. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe this is bad. Okay, I'm aware that I'm thinking maybe this is bad. And that's it. It's like watching clouds pass in the sky in a very non-attached manner. Like, oh, here, here comes a cloud. Oh, it's gone. No, oh, here here comes another cloud and yeah, it's it's shaped like a shaped like this sort of animal. Hmm, okay. Oh well, there it goes. And by shifting my awareness and consciousness to such an attitude, I'm able to handle and receive life events in a way that is very open-handed, which has been incredibly freeing and satisfying. And so that's, that's a perspective that I've really gotten back to and has been tested in the year 2020 because there have been many instances where the person I was 
just a couple years ago likely would have crumbled apart under the pressure of 2020. And so when, when the shit hit the fan or as it continues to hit the fan in 2020, I'm able to find opportunity. Like I, there's, there's always an opportunity in crisis and shifting my perspective to, you know, a, a mantra that takes the form of a question. I've constantly asked myself, what is, what is the opportunity here that I don't see right now? And then letting myself witness what that is. So an example, the office space that I work in, uh, you know, there's many other clinicians who work there. The office space temperature was very cold. This, this was about two weeks ago, very cold. And that was because the thermostat did not change since the summer. And so it was just getting very uncomfortable in the rooms. Um, and when with clients, sometimes they just had a really hard time being in the room while my hands and feet are so cold. And so after my, my client left, I, I looked at the grates in the ceiling where the cool air and the AC was coming from. Now, I am aware that I mentioned a thermostat, and yes, there's a thermostat in the common area, but a while back there was a post-it note there that was saying, please do not change the thermostat. And so having that kind of primer there of, of a reminder, it's like, okay, I know where the thermostat is, but I probably ought not to change it for whatever reason. Maybe, you know, it's part of our building owner's attempt to save money uh, or something else. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to deal with that, but maybe maybe the, the grating in the ceiling can be closed. Maybe I can, there's a way to adjust these metal shutters on this grating. And so I stepped on top of a little leg footrest thing. And next thing I know, I, I hit the floor hard and my elbow felt hyperextended and my hip was just, just shocked by the impact. And it happened so quick to the point that I was super confused. And as I was gaining my bearings again, realizing, okay, you know, I, I stepped on that stool thingy at, a, at an angle that did not support my weight and down I went. Felt, felt pretty terrible uh, to have 
that degree of shock and some of the air knocked out of me and then still hurting afterwards. And in my head, I'm just telling myself, God, that was, that was so stupid. Why did I do that? I should have been more careful. Man, I should have just, you know, I should have just dealt with the, the cold temperature. I should have just dealt with it. And then my attitude shifted. Then I thought, okay, you know, I'm, I'm accepting and validating my experience of this event. I am validating and accepting the fact that I wanted to try to make something happen. It did not work out the way I wanted to. And in fact, it worked out in a way that feels pretty terrible right now. And I'm going to see what is the opportunity here. What silver lining might there be to this that I'm not yet aware of? And two things happen. One, I wrote an email to our group practice saying, hey, I, I'm feeling very cold in the room. I imagine other people are too. Is there a way we can turn off the cool, cold air or adjust the, is there something we can do to adjust the grates in the ceiling? Does that work? Um, you know, I haven't touched the thermostat because there was a post-it note saying to not touch the thermostat. And then the second thing was, I suddenly remembered that the room that I was using at that time had a little portable heater uh, that's it's like this Duraflame heater that's, like, it's a fake fireplace basically, but it also has a heat function. And all of a sudden I remembered, oh, I can use this. It's probably a year, year ago that I first used it, and it's not it's not mine, so it's not something that I'm in a in a habit of thinking. Oh, I can use this. There's there's heat. There's a heater I can use. So those two positives came from it because I would not have sent that email if I had not taken that fall, and so that was kind of part of a. There was sort of like an inter internal sense of tenacity because I was thinking, man, that sucked. Gosh, now I have to feel this pain for the next client. And then another part of me kicked in. It was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not taking that shit. Like, I'm, I'm going to salvage something from this. And so I'm, what am I going to salvage? Well, I'm going to send an email and figure this out. And then the second thing is like realizing, oh, well, there's there's a portable heater here, this Duraflame heater uh, that I've forgotten about because it's a fake fireplace and it's usually just used as a decorative piece. And so, yeah, it wasn't something that I thought about until that moment that I was lying on the floor and then just looked to my side 
and saw, oh wait, hey, I can actually use this. And then later, the people in the office uh, who kind of are more in charge of the office responded like, hey, yes, it's freaking cold in here. There is a thermostat. We don't touch it because, you know, I think the building owner might have some policy around it, but it's freaking cold and, you know, I'll turn it on for us so that it should be much warmer in each of the rooms now. So those two positives came from it. And although I still felt that pain in my elbow for weeks, um, even still feel it a little bit now, but it's much better. Uh, I, I was willing to look for something positive. Now, some might say like, oh, well, you're, you're not doing what the Chinese farmer is doing then because you're deliberately trying to look for something positive in this event. And to that, to that I would say, you know, that's, that's fair because it, it isn't you know, the same stance of, oh, maybe. You know, so maybe it was bad that I fell. Or no, maybe it was bad that I tried to see if I could do something about the cold temperature. But I think that's, that's the flexibility of it because you can take a, a maybe perspective. You can take a it's all going to be negative perspective. And you can take it's, a, it's all going to be a positive perspective. But essentially, whatever perspective you take, you have the opportunity to create a certain reality. And for me, in that moment, in that experience, I, I experienced what I would say was negative, which was the falling and hurting myself. And at the same time, I thought, you know, how much good is it going to do me to beat myself up mentally when I'm already sort of banged up physically? Like that's that's not going to do me any favors. And so seeing something positive that came out of that event was again sort of a sort of a meditative exercise of, you know, I'm, I'm aware that I want to think negative things and this doesn't feel good. I'm also aware that I'm looking for something positive out of this. But either way, I am able to shape that experience. I'm able to shape reality in a way. And even though there are events that happen outside of my control in a way there's there's still a certain level of conscious choice and sovereignty in being able to choose how I want to respond to external events and so that is that is a personal just a simple personal experience 
that illustrates the power and magic, and I would say wisdom, to the story of the Chinese farmer. That whatever life events occur for a person, one can always have that perspective of maybe, maybe it's bad, maybe it's good, maybe it's completely neutral. But it creates a very open-handed experience of life where life happens and it's less less seen as a oh life is against me and i think the last thing i'll add to that is this mindset of the chinese farmer and zen buddhism uh, and meditation i think is something that the west could benefit from a lot even the even the growth and popularity of mindfulness practices in the west is just barely scratching the surface uh, oftentimes how i have seen it used is more so to uh, boost productivity or reduce anxiety nothing wrong with either of those things but there's a manner in which the west takes certain practices and concepts and seems to commodify them and make them into yeah more commercialized practices versus a deep disciplined spiritual practice and so i think when when people in the West are able to learn how to do that, and I, I would say I include myself, it's something I'm still learning to do, but when people in the West can begin to take meditation or a certain philosophy and perspective within Zen Buddhism more seriously, an actual spiritual practice that is core to their life I think it will change a lot of things how really how we relate to one another how we go into work how we experience life all those things that's all for tonight Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. If you enjoy these podcasts uh, and the work that I do, I would ask that you consider visiting my website, www.sacredwildman.com. There you can learn more about the work that I do, and you can also support me if you wish to. There is a little link at the bottom of my homepage where you can donate to support the work that I do. And with that, I wish you all a great Friday evening and a restful weekend.